Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Uh, it's a beautiful day out there. A little cold, but beautiful. And I thought that I would start the service today. And um, I might not even preach today. I might just see how the service runs and see where it goes. But God has been good to us. And the pandemic really shook up the world, uh, shook up financial institutions, uh, shook up political affairs and businesses around the world. I remember during the pandemic, um, places like McDonald's, I'm looking at Brother Hammond here, uh, places like McDonald's had restrictions. Uh, social distancing. I don't know if they even closed the. Oh, they had partitions in the, in the McDonald's. Um, restaurants. Uh, you could not sit on a table next to each other. They had social distancing, uh, skipping tables. Businesses were really affected. But um, my main concern was that the churches were also affected. And there were assemblies in this fellowship that people in the assemblies actually not only had COVID, but they died from COVID. Ministers in this fellowship died from COVID. And sometimes you say, well, they were sinners or whatever. Say whatever you want. I don't judge people. Uh, if you're careless, if you take a, a knife and cut your hand, it's not the devil to be blamed. You are to be blamed for your presumptuous actions. And a lot of times ministers were affected because they went to fellowship meetings. And um, I'm not a believer in too much fellowship meetings. And that is what makes me odd, what makes me not likable. It's because we have, you know, Israel, I've said this so many times, Israel had seven feasts all year. Israel, for all year, they had seven feasts. And uh, what, uh, what we have is, in our fellowship, maybe 70. And it means ministers have to travel around the world. And we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars running fellowship meetings when some churches are really suffering. I could do well with $100,000 in our account right now. Um, but we spend a lot of money um, going to fellowship meeting and it has become a form of entertainment rather than a source of spreading the gospel. Um, whatever individuals have to do what individuals feel that they should do. I'm just a normal critic of whatever we do in the fellowship. But men that went to these ministers' meeting, a lot of times they went to the meeting, and there was a time like 40% of the people that went to a meeting got COVID-19. Now, I don't call that the will of God. I call that a presumptuous act that should have been prayed for or about before entering into it. Saying all of that, coming back to our own local church, and that's my main concern. God has 
sent me to preach to this local church and to you sitting in the congregation. And I hope you're, you're included in the elect that will listen to my voice and follow the messages I preach and let God save your life. I have come to the place that I understand that I must do the will of God, I must preach the word of God and see where it goes. Prior to COVID, we were struggling. Many years ago, we had an ushering staff. Uh, we had, before church would start, ushers would come in and spend time in prayer. Uh, we respected the house of God so much that we will come to church one hour before uh, the ushering staff comes and they prayed. The band comes and the band spends some time and pray before the band plays. Uh, ushers and usherettes uh, were in every, every service. You could recognize an usherette because it helps to keep order in the church. Uh, when we had those days when an usher is on duty, they don't carry a Bible. Do you remember those days? Yes, sir. An usher that's on duty don't carry a Bible and get distracted. They sit there and they're on duty. When they're not on duty, they carry their Bible. Uh, their Bible is with them. So we, we relaxed that principle and allowed our ushers to carry a Bible. But your main focus should be paying attention to the people. Now, I'd like to see more individuals, more of our brothers get involved in the ushering staff. And um, it's not an easy thing to, to get started. I'd like to see some of you brothers sitting here involved yourself in the ushering staff, that you, you come an, on time and you're there to help the work of God. One of the things that really, you know I'm a human, right? You all know I'm a human? Yes. There are certain things that aggravates me, and I try my best not to be aggravated. But when we're up here and a few of us are sitting in church and see two brothers decide that's the time they're going to have a headlong conversation in the overflow while we're up here. And instead of walking around finding out things to be done, uh, they spend forever chitting and chatting. Um, uh, when they should be paying attention. There's so many things that we need to upgrade on. And it seems like we're very passive when it comes to the work of God. Well, we'd like to change it because when I look ahead into the future, I don't see wonderful days. I don't see a wonderf wonderful days for the economy. I don't see wonderful days for the governments of this world. I don't see peace and tranquility in the world. The Bible does not say that. It shall be, there shall be wars and rumors of wars, men's hearts failing them for fear. And uh, these things that are going on in the world. I posted something on Facebook, and those of you that are too spiritual that you can go on Facebook, but you're on the internet all the time. You know, you know, the, the social media has a little thing to tell when you're on the internet and you got a little green dot that shows that you're on the internet. Now you might be listening to tape and online. And so that shows you're on the internet or you could be browsing around shopping and that shows you're on the internet. I don't know. 
but uh, what I know is that when COVID-19 hit this assembly, many of us struggled. And those who wanted to backslide use it as an opportunity to backslide and leave the church because we weren't having church services. Five of us were in here. And uh, like I said, whether it's five people in co the congregation or 500, I still preach the word of God like if there is 5,000. I don't, I don't preach the word of God less. Uh, if there's five people in church, I'll preach the word of God for the five people because I don't preach a prepared message. I preach what God places in my mind. And what is in my mind might be designed to save you. And that is, you've got to come in church not to be entertained, but to be edified and to be prepared to make changes in your life. You're here as a patient in a spiritual hospital. And so when I'm looking at all of this, the only hope that the society has, and some of us have, would be for the church to continue yes, as a church that God has approved. Now, I believe in this church very much with all my heart. I believe this assembly is where God is using this assembly to save me. I don't know about you, but it has saved me. And I'll say it again, COVID-19 did not make me weaker and fickle. No, it made me stronger and more obstinate. And I was telling someone that uh, rejection and the negatives put in my face makes me stronger. If everyone came to me and started lovey-dovey, I'll be one cream puff of a preacher and I'll preach chocolate-coated messages. But I'm not. I preach the Word of God. And if I'm a spirit, this is a spiritual hospital, then I must be able to preach the Word of God that goes forth and diagnose your condition spiritually. If you're a hypocrite, well, we all are hypocrites to a certain extent. Some are bigger hypocrites and some are lesser hypocrites. And we all need to make changes in our lives. Right. We need to make changes in our lives on a daily basis. And uh, for some people, you'll be in charge forever and never change. I know that. Uh, some of you will hear the word of God and it goes through one ear and comes through the other. I'd like to see us revive what we have lost before we can move ahead. I'd like to see our brothers come on in, be prepared to be active in the church. You cannot, I remember in the early days, Sister Chandri and I, uh, when we started, uh, we were in, living in Willow Ridge. And uh, I don't know when this started, but you know, women take a longer time to get dressed, right? And well, there was a time we had church in Dufferin Street. And I told Sister Chandra, I said, I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's leave. We got to get to church. We got to drive to be in church early. And so if you're going to be in church one hour early or 45 minutes early, then you got to leave to travel on the highway, catering for traffic and all of that. And one day I said, are you ready? She says, no. I said, stay home. I got in the car and left. And now she should tell me that. Are you ready for church?
because she is ready one hour before I am ready. And that is a good thing. That is a commendable thing. And so, uh, when we think about church, church, we must respect God and God's work uh, from the depths of our hearts. I mean, we're not here to play church. And so, as we head towards the future, I hope the COVID-19 uh, the, the COVID uh, virus that they said the new uh, variant is is on the rise. I hope it does not rise too much that we have to lock down the church again. But some of our folks are, you know, that go out to the job and get exposed to people. Sometimes you pick up the virus. We have Sister Carol sitting in the back and she had COVID for a few days and she is okay right now, but she asked, can I come to church? And I'm pleased to have you come to church, Sister Carol. Uh, because a lot of people would use COVID as a reason to stay home for two weeks. Well, here she is sitting at the back, and I tell her, stay social distancing, put a mask on and sit in the overflow, and you can come to church. I would have done the same thing if I had it, and I don't want to spread COVID-19. Uh, one time we went, and God has helped us. Uh, Chandri and I, has uh, we never had COVID-19. Uh, God has helped us. We never got infected. Uh, even though we travel and even though we go to places and all of that. And when we were going to Guyana, I told her, I said, um, uh, I want you to go get tested. And she went and got tested. Did she have a symptom? No. But she went and got tested and she came home. She said, Dad, they tested me positive. And I said, no, you're not positive. I said, I'll test you. And I tested her and she was negative. The system out there is not always right. When someone says, well, he say and they say, you know what they say? I don't care what they say. I work with what I feel is right in my heart. What they say, that goes. They say don't drink coffee. Well, if I want to drink coffee, I drink coffee. They say use marijuana. I say, don't use it. It's going to ease your pains. I say, don't use it. I must come to the place where I am prepared to obey God according to his principles, not what they say. And so today, <laughs> the day we're living in, you go on the internet and they say a lot of stuff. Years ago, when I was a kid, I saw a movie with um, the Nutty Professor, I think it was. I can't remember which one of Jerry Lewis's movies. You kids wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. But he sat in front of the television, and they said, this is good for your cold. And he took the name down, run to the drugstore, got it, and start drinking it. And they said, this is good for something else. And he gets everything they advertise. And have you ever sat before a television screen and watched them tell you two different products as the best for the same condition? And you wonder who is right. Well, you've got to come to a place where you're guided by your conscience and what you feel inside, not led by every voice that's existing out there. And so, as we move ahead with the church, you must come to the place where if it's necessary that you protect the people around you. If you have a fever, stay away until you have it under control. 
If you have runny nose and a, sne a coughing, uh, that's, you're not sure what it is, uh, it's good that you get tested. Home kits are available. Get yourself tested that you don't spread viruses. Somebody says, well, you know, we're under the protection of God. Has God ever healed you of a cavity? You got a bad tooth and you pray and God heal it. It hasn't happened in this church, but it has happened out in society. There was a man uh, that out there, I think it's, I'm not sure what his name was, but he worked with A. a. Allen in the ministry. And uh, if you had a cavity, you go to him and he prays. Don something, I can't remember his name, but he was one of the men working with A. Allen. And if you have a cavity, Brother Ovando, you go to him and he'll ask you, I'll pray for it. And when he's done praying for your cavity and you look inside, it's filled with silver, fresh silver. His prayer fills a cavity. Now, I don't have to hesitate. That man is not under the influence of God. He's under the influence of some sinister spirit. God, when he heals, he replaces completely. He don't fill with gold and silver and all kinds of stuff. God is different. And that is why I'm here. I'm here to tell you that sometimes you think it's God and it's the devil. And sometimes you think it's a spirit and it's the flesh. And so that is why this church is here. As we head towards the end of the age, you will find we need more order in the church. Scripture tells us that the temple must be measured. That is, the church itself must have principles. We cannot afford to have late services. We have to make sure that the way we run church is what God wants. And we might start something, the sisters start a prayer meeting, and that's wonderful. And then I ask myself every time you pray and you meet up there, is that what God wants? See, I ask myself. If that's not God what God wants, it's another work of iniquity starting up. And we've got to be so careful that we, we do what the Lord wants. Now don't just start something because somebody say to start it. You got to pray. Is it a good thing to have a prayer meeting? Yes, it is. But it's a good thing to have a lot of churches in the city that God has not approved. No, it's not. But some churches must exist, and uh, they must be tears gathered in bundles to be burned uh, before the end comes. But the temple, the church, must be measured. It cannot be a footloose and fancy-free organization. It must be measured. Number one, temple measured. Number two, the sacrifices we make must be measured. If we're to run this church, uh, individuals must be committed in supporting it financially. Physically, numerically, yes. But finances is what it takes to run the church. And so you cannot miss paying your tithes and your offerings. And when you do that, and one of these days, uh, maybe when I um, find time uh, before the year comes to an end, I'll show you teach you on tithes and offerings and giving. Now, the strange thing is, nowhere in the New Testament does it teach tithes. Am I right or wrong? 
Brother preachers behind me. Is there anywhere in the New Testament where it teaches tithes? No. no. Because tithes belongs to God. It teaches giving, which is beyond tithes. So tithes is a principle from the Old Testament, just like the moral laws of God from the Old Testament has passed on to the New Testament, tithes has passed on to the New Testament. But when you pay your tithes, you give nothing to God. When you hold back your tithes, you rob him. When you hold back your taxes, you try to rob the government and they come after you with a big fine later on. Nobody gets away. You don't pay your taxes, Caesar comes after you. And if it builds up, worse for you. Because they add interest to what you owe. And if God is to add interest to what you owe him, you're in serious trouble if you don't pay. And so it's always good to pay a little extra so the work can continue to go on. And then beyond your tithes is what you really give. So Brother Singh, I pay my tithes. What have you given to the church? I pay my tithes. Well, you have given nothing really because tithes belong to God. I love when the church is so quiet. And so the altar must be measured our sacrifices. We cannot serve God at our convenience. We have to serve God acceptably. Amen? Amen. So when we think about this, there's church attendance, there's support, financial support, there's numerical growth that we need to consider. These are all things we need to consider. And then most of all, when the temple is measured, are you following me? The altar is measured. The third thing is, Let's try this again. Measure the temple. Measure the altar. And then measure. No. Try it again. You all need to read your Bible. You all need to stop watching television and read your Bible. I'll try it again. Measure the temple. Measure the altar. And measure Turn to your Bible. I hate to do this now. Don't leave your position. We're going to still say. Revelation, the 11th chapter. If you say sacrifice one more, I'll ask you to go sit in the back of the church. Revelation 11. Flash it up, sister. I think it's the second verse. First, first verse. You know, for a person that preached so much, and I had a brother comment, a brother that really is getting converted, a minister from a different country, commented this morning on one of my posts. He says, I'm really upset. I'm really upset with you presenting so many beautiful thoughts that's changing my life, and no one responds but five people. And I just enlighten him that that's my life forever 
And they were, they was given unto me, John said, a reed like unto a rod. Let's read this and memorize it. Everybody. Come on, try it again. Rise and measure. Let's let's try. Number one. Temple of God. Number two. The altar. Number three. Sacrifices. Them that worship therein. So the church is measured. The sacrifices made in that church is measured. And then you. The members of the church. Are measured. God measures each one of us. Individually. I hope and I ask you this question again because I preach this use the scriptures for scripture for years. So shut it off. Let's try it again. What are measured? Number one. See you just read it and you're telling me altar. Why has God given me this congregation? It's got to be I'm some rebel that needs to be helped. We're measuring again. Measure. Number one. Number two. And number three. The people that are worshiping within the church. Them that worship therein. So you and I are measured by God. And if the measurement for the temple is missing and the measurement for the altar is bad and the measurement when God measures us, we fall short, the power will never be given to the two witnesses. And we will go out as a losing church rather than a winning church. Are we going to be the first church hap that's happening to? No. People after a while, they lose their love for God. The love of many shall wax cold. And so as we move ahead, and this is my exhortation to you, as we move ahead this year, uh, as, we, as we come to the close of this year and we're moving ahead, we'd like to see the year closed with some victory in this assembly. Victory in your church attendance. It's embarrassing when, an, when I watch and some leading department head or an usher or an elder is dragging in themselves last moment. It's the Lord's day. The Lord's day. It belongs to him. Get your lazy self up early and bring yourself to the house of God. I'm so sweet. May God help us. And so these are things I wanted to pass to you. And I want you to be prepared. If COVID-19 starts again. Uh, we'll deal with that when that day comes. For now we'll serve God. A coward dies many times before his death. A valiant man 
dies once. I'm going to say that again. A coward dies many times before his death. A valiant man dies once. What scripture do we find that in? Anybody? What scripture? Turn to Hezekiah. You know, see, saints are turning to Hezekiah. There's no Hezekiah in your Bible. My gosh. No wonder I'm not getting bald. You're not giving me enough chance to lose my hair. A coward dies many times before his death. A valiant man dies once. It's not in the scripture. It's not in the Bible. But it's a good quotation that can guide our lives. Because we don't want to be so fearful of the lion in the, in the street when we don't even look out of the window. We want to cross that bridge when we come to it. Amen? And so, it's a pleasure talking to you this morning before we start singing. And we would pray that God give us a good service. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks today for this time you spent in your house. Help us, O oh God, to be that assembly that when you measure the temple and you measure the altar and you measure us as we worship in that temple, Father, that we'll not come forth short of what your expectations are. But, oh God, you will direct our steps and guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name, I ask for your blessing on this service today. Bless the worship we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Moses, you can join us up here. Praise God.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. <clears throat> We'll ask Brother Vid to come up and say a few words, please.